This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Craig Parkinson and this is the Two Shot Podcast. Pop the kettle on and let's dive in. How the devil are you? Yep, here we are. Almost at the end. How are we feeling? Good. Let's feel positive. So, can you hear that? That's uh, uh, the tide coming in. I've come for a walk on the beach. Um, not for any reasons of reflection or melancholy in any way. No, for a couple of reasons, actually. Um, what were the couple of reasons? Well, <laughs> the first, the main reason is my guest this week lives by the seaside. It's the fantastic comedian, uh, author now, um, and 8 out of 10 cats favourite, Mr Joe Wilkinson. Um, so we were uh, messaging back and forth because we live not too far from each other Um, and I and we hadn't met at all so there's just emails going back and forth arranging times and dates and and what have you and I said to Joe I said how about if we if we start the podcast uh, down by the beach and we record just before we go for a swim and then just after and then we can head back to mine and uh, get the kettle on and warm up I thought that would be a lovely icebreaker. Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, (laughs) It had been quite a rough few days. And then, like today, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, And that was my second reason to record outside, because for the rest of the week, uh, I think it's going to be chucking it down. So I think we do speak about it on the podcast, though about how it would have been quite a beautiful start to an episode, uh, especially when we haven't met. So, um, yeah, Joe turned up, um, early doors uh, round my house, knocked on the front door, came in, and that was the first time we met. We, we got the kettle on and we, and we started talking. And honestly, I think this is going to be one of your favourite episodes. I think it's going to jump right into your top ten, if not your top five. It certainly did for me. And, 
It's lovely as we're as we're coming to an end to have one of those episodes where you're kind of a little bit nervous, a bit on your guard because you haven't met before. So who knows what's going to happen on either side? But luckily, it turned out to be completely joyful, and he's incredible company, as you're going to find out now. Yes, you may know Joe as a stand-up. You may have seen him in 8 Out of 10 Cats. You may even have seen him in uh, the brilliant comedy Him and Her for the BBC. Um, But maybe you know him as a fantastic podcaster. Himself and David Earle host a show called Chatterbix. That's on three times a week. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's... um, It's not your usual two comedians sat down, talking, drivel. I mean, well, there's there's the occasional drivel, as with all podcasts. Um, But they very rarely talk about themselves that much. They have great guests. They they go on little expeditions and record outside, which is lovely. Um... So, yeah, I highly, highly recommend uh, Chatterbix with Joe and his comedy writing partner, David Earl. Well, as the sun sets here down on the beach in Brighton, I'll uh, invite you into my house and let's together welcome Mr Joe Wilkinson. You enjoy and I'll see you at the end. So how come you're um, putting the kibosh on it? Do you want... Um, let me just get in my chair. Do you want, um, do you want the truth? or yeah, I'd love that. Do you want the press release? <laughs> um, we can cut this out anyway. Mm. I feel it's such a saturated market mm. now. Mm. And when... Like, when I started, and I'm probably what six years ago. Oh wow! Right, there was there was fair few, but not like it is yeah. now. And I feel like now you've had a good run, right? And maybe now it's kind. It's a bit to, of dignity and ending now as well, isn't it? You know when it becomes the it's becoming a bit of a sort of joke, isn't it? Someone starting a new podcast or a podcast or whatever. So yeah. if you sort of go, if you bow out now, you go, oh, it's very classy. I think so. But when I when I made the decision, and me and my, my producer spoke about it, and we went, okay, let's let's do it. I couldn't record. I wanted to record a, a, like an announcement to everybody saying this is what's going to happen. Mm. So I went down to the beach. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I thought, I'll just be here on my own, and I can walk by the beach because I find it very calming yeah, down yeah. there. Yeah. And that'll be good place and it was only when the words started coming out of my mouth because i tried to script it right, right. and it just sounded like scripts yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. sound natural yeah. at all so i went down to the beach thought this would be a nice place and yeah. i could just be on my own and the words came out of my mouth and then i got to start getting really oh, emotional yeah, about yeah, it going oh my god it's for well, six years isn't it it's real it's yeah, happening yeah. yeah oh shame well well you know i get it right i'm not i don't mean no shame but you know you know what i mean it's no like, i know what you mean yeah yeah 
But I, I feel that when we were emailing for you to come on this, I thought I'd scared you at one point. I would have swim. By asking, because <laughs> I thought I had this great idea of going, I'll meet Joe for the first time and we'll jump in the well, sea. That, the thing is, I like, I do, I go for a swim on Christmas Day. Mm. I do swim a bit in the winter. Yeah. But the day you text, um, messaged me was like the cold, it was like minus four. And I was like, I did a sea swim with Jen Brister couple of years ago in February on a similar <laughs> similar day and I genuinely thought I was going to die. Yeah. But it was her and a couple of her mates and they were so hardened to it, it shocked me. Because <laughs> I got in and I was making the most ungodly noise <laughs> and these three ladies were just swimming and I was like, right, this is really bad because I'm, I'm like half up my legs, like literally scream people kind of, not rushing over, but thinking no. there was something bad was happening. And, sure. and when I started in April, I think this year, I never done it before. Mm. Oh, you started in April, so yeah. that would have been bitter because mm. that's the cold, all the all the winters built up the cold of the sea, and yeah, yeah. But it was all all ladies, yeah, they're, they're hard, yeah, absolute hard. nails, yeah. It's, it's it's mad. There's a group. There's a group. I can't remember. They've got a disparaging name of their own. I can't remember what they call themselves. But they're just in all year. Yeah. And as you say, there's no fuss. There's no... They're, they're, they're chatting, they're chatting. They're getting the water, they're still chatting. Yeah. <laughs> there's no sort of like... if you There's, just, no, there's no change. No, there? if you just had... If you just could see their face, you wouldn't kind of be able to tell the point they sort of hit the water. <laughs> Whereas me, when I'm uh, shouting expletives and... <laughs> and also, Jen's rule was... Um, you had to be in for three minutes, otherwise it doesn't count. Mm. It's like, well, three minutes is a long time when you feel like people are stabbing you. Well, I went in, I'd had, I think, about four weeks off. and You need to build out your tolerance, don't you? Yeah. It dies well, very quickly. And I went back in, maybe about four or five weeks ago now, with a group of guys, like a group of strangers that meet on a, a Sunday morning. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll straight, join, yeah. straight down. Here, I'll join near, you. Near, I'll near the, the cafe. At the, uh, at, which cafe? The, um... uh, just before, oh. like, the little one before Rockwater. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, 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 sweet. Uh, it's called, it's it called Lex's, be, Lex's. Yeah, it used Lex's to be cafe. called Spitfires or something. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we meet at the front of there and no one really knows each other. Oh, that's nice. My partner met somebody talking about it in the sauna, you know, the, yeah. the horse boxing. Oh, on the front. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she went, oh, I think I think my partner might quite like it. She's told me about it. And I went, oh, yeah, that could be good. And they're, they're, it's all very nice, and but they're all strangers. They're quite huggy. Right. To, to begin <laughs> with. And I'm... Okay. I don't. I don't have a problem with it, but it was a bit... It was quite full on, first time. Well, I suppose it's, it's quite a... Um... It's quite a moment, isn't it, getting in the sea this time of year? Yeah. So there's a sort of a, I get the cel- celebration of kind of, we did it. <laughs> I guess skin on skin on a Sunday morning is a bit, yeah. With the strangers. Yeah. It's a bit full on. Are, are you around for Christmas here? Yeah. Because we go down Christmas mornings and uh, I, I'll, I'll send you the time. And we go, oh, it's such a brilliant thing. I, I love it so much because, you know, we've got little dots of friends. And not everyone's here, but everyone. Everyone we know comes down, and myself included this year, there's there's so much trepidation, am I actually going to do it, you know? And then you kind of get swept up in it and mm. everyone does it. But last year, the, the, wind, uh, the wind was up and the waves were up, and uh, it was like 
haven't got him, but it was like my, I remember seeing my friend's wife's legs in the air <laughs> and she ended up upside down. She lost her top and her shoe. <laughs> so it was a real in and out. Yeah. But it's great. I'll let you know. Oh, I'm, I'm, look, I've already sucks. planned, I've already said to my partner, we're going down Christmas oh, morning. Love Because we've love got it. a, everybody's back at the house this Christmas, but then we, we were going to go down because the, the, you know, there'll be boys won't be coming down to the front. No, not there. I've already planned on going. So yeah, we'll definitely be. I there. think, I think we go down. It's like, I think it's about half nine or something. So really, it's such a lovely way to start Christmas day. It's mm. such a sweet, because it's, you know, it's really bonding and, and everyone, you know, everyone's going to do it. And the whole thing's like an hour, you know, it's sort of just, doesn't take up much of the day, but it's just really sweet seeing everyone. And, and uh, yeah, it's shocking how many people actually get. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a brilliant start to the day. Oh, it's amazing. Because yeah. when I when I was filming down here, sometimes if I had like a six o'clock pickup, I would walk down from, from where we are now, down to the seafront, jump in the sea with all like the hard 60-year-old ladies, <sighs> then dry myself off and then... Oh, what amazing start. Well, it just sorted everything out because I yeah. thought, well... You know, it's a it's cleanser, like, isn't it? <laughs> it's a total cleanser. Yeah. But also, talk about starting the day off. It's like, well, if there's fires to put out at work, which there generally is, there's problems. There's always problems, unforeseen problems. It's like, I'm going to be in a better mindset uh, to, yeah. it's, to it, cope with everything. It's not It's it's not a cliche. It really does, does make a difference. And because I know people that obviously... It's not as good, but they do the, I didn't know, been doing the cold shower thing every morning. Mm. I can't be bothered with that. I'd rather I'd rather go in the sea. But yeah, I'd sooner. You've inspired me to do it. We should have, should have done it. I'm annoyed. Should have done it. Yeah. And also, it yeah. is a beautiful day. I yeah. It's really calm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, because never mind. <laughs> we'll, we'll, do, we'll do it on Christmas Day. <laughs> we'll do it on Christmas Day. Yeah. But when I went back after a four-week break, it was, it was, I thought, if I'm going back in, I need the support of a, group of strange men they're not, they're not strange strangers strangers so yeah. went in like 12 of them that was so the support was there but it was really crashy yeah and i'd forgotten about sort of regulating my breathing and this wave came up and knocked me right on my ass yeah. so i was in before i knew it that's a good that's a good way in actually yeah me, me and my friend danny did it a few years ago maybe two or three years ago it was teetering it, it I won't say full-on winter, because it, it was like the summer was coming to an end. It was like a coldish day, but the sea hadn't quite chilled down. You know? So, Because September's the best month, because you've had all the summer, so yeah. maybe October. We got we looked down the road, and there was no one in. And we were like, oh, I don't know why that is. And it, the waves don't look as big until you get in, do they? And we, <laughs> we got in, and I remember seeing my friend Danny, like... Looked like a sw- he was in a swirl, basically. <laughs> and I saw him sort of go go down a swirl and a sort of curve of wave go up to, over the top of him. I was like, we need to get out. Yeah. And then, um, but what happened was, we, we sort of were like, that was mental, we shouldn't have done that. And it, I, I couldn't see any flags, but I think it was on a day where once it's out of season, they just go, don't go in unless you're insane. Yeah, use your common sense. But the thing was, we then kind of started people thinking it was okay to get in. So people, <laughs> people getting in, getting smashed. Like one, one lady was just sort of like clattered in front of it, and we were like, 
well, I don't know how to stop this now. Like, it's not my place to say... You've opened the floodgates. Yeah, yeah, so everyone was getting... Well, they're doing it. You're yeah. the benchmark. Yeah, so, well, those two blokes survived it. <laughs> well, just about. We were in a swirl. Joe, can I just check, is your light on that? Is there There's a, a purple light. Purple light. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Just wanted to check. Yeah. It's turned into a... Um, Swimming podcast. Oh, yeah. You said about being a cliche before. I never thought I would be. That oh, you've got to. You've got to be down here. Got to be. Aren't yeah, you? yeah. I people go. People say to me all the time, "Oh, you're very bright, very bright." And I go, "Yeah, I'm fine with that." Exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's got not, to be an age thing because you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Having grown up in Blackpool by the seaside, I had such an aversion to seaside. Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, like, all I saw was. The dark of the belly. Of oh, the yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because there is. There well, my, is. yeah, my, my wife's from uh, Ventnor on the Isle of Wight. Mm. And uh, she loves the sea, but she was, she had she has the same discussion with me about it, the the tourist version and the the reality of this stuff. And I was like, oh, oh don't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I don't see it now. I, yeah, I yeah. think, because it is very, very different to Margate or mm. Blackpool, do you yeah, know? Yeah. I don't like either of them, to right, be honest. Right. I mean, I'm, obviously I'm proud to be from the northwest <laughs> of England, but we went for a, a weekend trip to Margate having never been, and mm. I just went, no, right, this right. is just really bleak. It, it's, been, it's been on the up and up for as, as long as I've been down there. People are like... You've been saying that for Yeah, yeah, And I'm at an age now, terrible thing to say, but I don't want to wait anymore. No? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm heading towards 50 now, and I can't... I can't have I can't wait ten years for something to come up. We all did that in the twenties, living in shit areas on the off chance. Nah, no. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and live in another. Uh, well, we're more or less the same age, and I completely agree yeah, with yeah. you. But I think age does come into it when you're looking at somewhere like this. Because if I, like before we started recording, we were saying in my twenties, probably you were the same. Mm. This wasn't for me. No, 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 no. Now it's like yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Is... I, I, I did. I, I. When did I come it? Yeah, like just as I was turning forty, I think. So the timing was spot on. You know, that is spot on. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like London and places like that, you kind of go. Am I? You're sacrificing a lot to be near stuff, if you know what I mean. Like I don't know, parties or whatever. And you don't. I don't go. I, I didn't really go to them that much in my twenties. And I'm definitely not doing it in the no. So why am I why am I cooped up? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, well done for moving here. Oh, thank you. And also very welcoming. <laughs> yes, it is, it is. Absolutely. Everyone everyone's very um you made a right decision. Yeah. <laughs> but but not in a patronising way. No. And also people talk to you, but not in a nosy way. No, right, it's yeah. It's like they've nailed it. Just, they've absolutely nailed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they've done it, but I'm into it. And I'm here. It's good news. You'll find yourself doing a very... So you'll, passing on, you'll pass on the vibe. <laughs> don't want to pass it on too much. <laughs> well, the, the other thing is we shouldn't be talking about it because I feel like you have to keep it a bit of a secret. You know how nice it is, don't it? You know what I mean? Like, we shouldn't. But you know what I mean? You're like, if everyone knew... <laughs> Why wouldn't everyone move? <laughs> well, we should talk about podcasting first. I think. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, cool. Do you listen to a lot? Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm I, a very late adopter to podcasts, though, but my uh, friend David was banging on about it for years. He did one years ago, and he was like, oh, I love them, love them. 
And my friend, another friend of mine had one, and I remember I was talking about it the other day. Like, I was just like, I don't, I didn't get it, you know, what the point of it was. And then I, my friend asked, was banging about doing one, and, and then I started listening to them, and they are such a staple of my life now. There's, there's sort of, not addiction, not the right word, but like, if I've got, if I haven't, because I, I find it hard to start new ones mm. because I think you can't, you kind of fall in love with the hosts and or whatever they are, and and they become very personal to you, and it's like it's like fight, like getting a new friend or or something. So I don't I don't invest easily in new ones, but the ones I I have in my life I'm very very loyal to, and if I haven't if if those sort of four or five that I sort of float between. If there's not a new one, I'm a bit bereft. I'm like, oh god, I need, I do need something because I'm, I'm going to go for a run or I'm in the car. And there's a few I listen to if I'm, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm tired and I'm, yeah. and and I hope that's not insulting. You know, when you go, no, you know, I know, you know you some of them I'm like, I just find peaceful, and some of them I don't aren't important. What they talk about in a in a nicest possible way. So if I don't hear the whole app. It doesn't matter, and some I'm precious about, and I have to hear every single word. But some of them, like, oh, I fell asleep halfway through that one, but it's all right because I, I listen to quite a few football ones. Yeah, and that with the best of the world, there, you know, if I don't, if I don't get to the end of what happened at Old Trafford on Sunday or whatever, the end of the world. So yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm very big in them now. There is a lot of rubbish out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to add, I think we've added to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> do you en- do you enjoy making them though as well? Because every time, because I always get a sense that you and David really enjoy talking to each other. Yeah, and really yeah. enjoy the guests, and there's some incredible little formats on there with the surprise guests. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. which are brilliant. It's a lovely thing. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah, I love it. It's um. What do we what do we struggle with? I think struggle with the fact that we do enjoy it so much because like most people, you know, you've worked we've worked in lots of jobs and most of our life was not doing what we loved, if you know. Mm. What I mean. And even like when we start comedy, there's there's a lot of struggle with it and there's a lot of toiling and a lot of um knocking your pan out or, you know, really having to graft at something you know working two jobs and all this kind of stuff like everyone did and then to just do something you just utterly utterly enjoy comes with a little bit of guilt i think yeah and it's a really weird thing to say and i think we when we know when we're just chatting we sort of go i love it is it right is that all right and i i feel like sometimes we go should we do something painful in the afternoon (laughs) because i really enjoy it (laughs) do do you know what i mean like i feel like i'm like like if if we if we if we just do a couple of podcasts and then I don't do anything in the afternoon, I do feel guilty. Like like I've taken the day off because we've just chatted or met a met a pilot or something, you know. And I'm like, well, that was just great fun. Why am I? Why? What? That's not work. We always say this isn't bloody work and this is embarrassing. But, it, but of course it is. It yeah. is, yeah. But it just doesn't feel like. No, of course it doesn't. No. But then again, and I don't know what it's like to be on stage as a comedian, but mm. I know what it's like, you know, to hear action 
mm. and the cameras are rolling. Mm. And then at the end of the day, you go, oh, I really enjoyed myself. Mm. That was brilliant. I, I can't believe I do this. For yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a sense of guilt there for, yeah. for doing what you love. Because, you know, how many times do you speak to people and you go, I just, I just don't like my job? Oh, I'd, I'd say it's 90% of people. Yeah, I would say so. Because I, I did that for you. Like, I, I also thought, I remember, like, because I had lots, you know, lots of proper jobs and stuff, and I think it's really healthy, actually. Like, it does give me an appreciation of everything else I've done. Everything else I've done, loads of stuff, but you know what I mean? And and um, I forgot my point, but basic, basically, I think, I think kind of, I, I've always, I have always sort of, struggle with the fact that it is you know playing and stuff and i i thought in my old jobs i i did enjoy them but i was not kidding myself but i was like i enjoyed them as much as you can because it's a job because mm. i like like most people i've brought up you know you just you really are just putting a roof over your head really you know you know what i mean that that's essentially what you do so if it's if it's not really shit that's amazing mm. So I was in like I was doing a sort of semi-creative job. So I was like, "Well, that's pretty cool," you know. Like it's not, I'm not down a mine, you know. So Is that when you started comedy, or no, like my old job, I worked I worked in advertising basically. Right. And I look at it now, and I go, "I didn't enjoy it. I just enjoyed it in the context of what it was." You know what I mean? As in, I'd toiled, I'd worked quite hard to get a job that was less shit than I'd done other jobs, if you know what I mean. So I was like, fucking, this is great. And then I opened Pandora's box and was like, oh, there's more to stuff you can do that you actually enjoy. And I was just to Steve Coogan the other day. He's like, well, I can't see myself. He's like, well, I don't, uh, you know, you're talking about someone. I've just seen your Man Ray book. Sorry. Um, I uh, I love Man Ray, sorry. Um, He was talking about... um, like his friend talking about retiring or counting down the years to mm. retirement. And he's like, well, I don't think like that because I've got to, you know, he's got to do what he loves. So it's like retiring, you know, like I play five-a-side. It's like retiring for five-a-side. Oh, I love five-a-side. I'm mm. thinking about when I can stop playing five-a-side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dreading when I have to, you know, my knees go. So it's true. I just think I... I do, but it's left us with a guilt of going, God, this is fun and cool. We're always talking about, like, this thing, like, we could do it, but we can't. We go, if we just did that and it covered all the bills, is that all right? <laughs> and I go, well, I guess so, but... But other people, I just <laughs> yeah, yeah, really hurt. Yeah, yeah. Like, um... we were, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago to somebody else, but we had to get up really early to go somewhere. I can't remember, but we were getting in the car at like six mm. in the morning. And you know what it's like now, mm. it's all dark and everything. Mm. And my partner went, you know, this is what just like normal people have to yeah. do. Job. Uh, I went, and I took a little bit of offence by it. I went, well, I still have to yeah. get up for <laughs> yeah. very sort of concentrated amount yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm, I'm sort of with her, like, because I, I did it for a long time and I was out. It's just really similar happened to me a few weeks ago. I was, I can't remember why I was out, but I was getting in the car at seven. Mm. And there's people, and it's not so much now since COVID, a lot more working from home. And I'm really pleased for a lot of people I know, like they're getting 10, 12, 14 hours back because not having to commute. There's still a few people <coughs> walking up my road towards the station at seven. And I was just like, shit, yeah, that was 
big chunk of my life doing that. Mm. And I'm like, every now and, now and then those things reset me. I go, oh, yeah, come on, Jay. It's all right, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I hope the guilt will go away. But I don't know. I, I think maybe as I get older, I'll go, yeah, it's all right. You've done, you've done your time. Yeah, and also I think I could consider myself very lucky, I suppose. Mm. Especially doing this as, as a part of a career. Yeah, mad, isn't it? Well, it is mad. <laughs> but then again, it's like I get to meet lovely people mm. and I choose who I talk to and I'm learning off loads well, that, of people. It's really, I feel re- that's a really lucky thing I that think I the, do. The DIY element of it I love as well. Yeah. Where I'm like, as you know, like, with loads of stuff you've done, like you've you've been part of big machines, haven't mm. you? And you've been a cog with many other cogs, and that is great, you know. But they're there's, there's, they they're not they're not agile things, you know. What I mean, with this, with the best way, this is great. You've we, we've had a cup of tea, and we're sitting in your lounge chatting, and there's been no. Can you start now, guys? We've got four minutes, and or you know, an hour, and then. Craig, you need to go over that. You know, there's none of that. No. And I'm very appreciative of all that stuff I've done, but I'm also very aware of how much I enjoy the stuff doing Chatterbix. Just going, David's going, uh, he's away at the moment, but he's back in a few days. And he might go, let's just record, I've got this idea, or what well, we, we didn't finish talking about that. Do you want to do that, I don't know, half nine? And I go, yeah, go on then. And just have to turn my laptop on. Everything's set up and ready to go. And I love that nimbleness. And I like the lack of someone sort of saying to me, have you thought of this? And da, 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 or why don't you try it that way? Because that's that's great. But also sometimes that puts a little bit of doubt in your mind. And, you know, you go, oh, is it right? Whereas we don't think like that at all. We go, we're not let, we're, we're making thousands of mistakes, but we haven't got, essentially got a boss who goes yeah if we lost if we lost two thousand listeners off the back of a lip it's only affecting us and so i don't feel any sort of like angst about going oh shit we need to tell the production company that you know we've cocked up (laughs) yeah because there's so many podcasters you know now that are like in-house and they've got their Mm. own studio and Mm. it's like you've got your slot and Mm. that's when you have to record so that like when we were chatting, it's like, should we do it in the morning? Yeah, what time? Well, I'm yeah, up exactly. early. We're all put, let's do yeah, it yeah. early doors. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that element to it. And, and I feel those parts of my life, I'm trying to expand the kind of the, the nimbler stuff, the more DIY stuff. I just, I, and I say I'm not taking away from any of the experiences I've, I've done, but, you know, I, I, I love going, and I, I'm doing a bit of stand-up again, and I guess for the same reason, I love, I've written some stuff this week and I'm going to try it tonight, you know, I love that. Well, I was going to ask, because is there a, and I don't know because I've never been on stage, but I'm fascinated mm. with comedy and I love... I've I saw you, because we, I was, I was sat behind you at Stuart Lee, wasn't I? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah, Patra uh, said that, we were yeah, which yeah. was amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, what chances of the... T- uh, and what a venue to, ah, uh, to see him. Yeah, the and I've seen him amazing. in loads of venues. Yeah, I've seen him in many ways, yeah. I've seen, I've seen him quite a few times in the day, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. It's a cracking venue. And it was a great show. Yeah, oh, of course it is. I mean, of course, yeah. without a doubt, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But is there a certain DIY element that we have doing what we, we're doing here to stand up no, no. In, in a sense that 
you you are your own boss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, um, it's it has it. Like, I have a love hate relationship with it, but I think the reason I'm coming back to it is because there's no machine again. You know, there's no there's no sort of asking for permission or whatever. Mm. You know, what I mean, you go. You know, like if you're trying to get a TV show away, it's it's there's there's so many layers to it. And I think we've been very lucky. We've got, you know, we've we've made some shows, and mm. I love, it and I and I still want to do that. But I think it's a lot of waiting game. It's a waiting game sometimes. You know, you you put stuff out into the ether, and I love the creative side of writing a script or come. You know, me and David come up with shows, and I love it. But if I just did that, you'd be sitting on your hands a lot, and I yeah. don't like sitting on my hands basically because I, I, I there's an element of me which sees myself as a freelancer rather than a, a creative person who, you know what I mean? So I go, well, if I just wait, then nothing might happen. Whereas if I can be doing something that I, I've got, I, I'm the engine to, you know what I mean? And the only engine, then then I feel safer really. And that's why I love the DIY stuff. And I feel like this is a really exciting time, especially for younger people getting into it i'm almost jealous of the timing of my yeah. you know like we go well there's there's these this opportunity to so you might not be someone who wants to get on stage which is me really like if there would have been another option like i probably wouldn't if there had been the stuff now it's probably very unlikely i would have done stand-up so what drew you to it in the first place because i love comedy basically. yeah and it, no, it was, I, yeah. I i love comedy i love the <laughs> mechanics of it I don't, I don't, I don't, I couldn't get, do that. Well, no, I couldn't, really. <laughs> but <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, through lots of trial and error, but it was my only way in. Like, because is anyone sort of from any sort of theatrical background in your life? You? In my family? Yeah. No, no. no not at all. No, nor, nor me. So maybe you had a bit you probably had a bit more about you than me because i was like it just didn't feel like a an option not that anyone said you can't do that but just just like it seemed a mad choice you know i remember one kid at my school i think got into drama school i think and had like it was like uh i don't I not remember thinking it being inspired inspiring me or anything because i didn't know i wanted to do anything really i just thought it was fucking weird <laughs> i was like what's he doing oh, weird isn't it like, and that, and sort of like well why'd he go about that and like he was sort of i remember sort of thinking he was a bit of an alien you know what i mean like what the fucking hell is that kid doing and i remember just going well fair enough not like going like dismissive of his efforts or whatever i was just like saying someone's going into the the army or something. Yeah. That's what, okay, right. Not, not my, you know, not something I thought about. So I've, me and my brother was obs- were obsessed with comedy and I was getting older thinking, oh, what a, you know, that's just the end. The only way to sort of touch it, I guess, was, was to do a bit of stand up. Do do, did you feel that internally you had, something to prove to yourself to get up and do it or was it was um, that sort of niggling feeling yeah i guess so it's not something i probably would have admitted to myself i think but yeah i guess so like 
what 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 was it? It was there was no career path thing. It was just like I wonder if I could be funny, and then it was always going to be a one off. It was all I say it was always one off. There was no plan, if you know what I mean. I was like it was an open mic spot place in South London that I was going to every week and watching, and I became friends with the guy that ran it. Mm. God rest his a guy called Ed. Lovely, lovely man, most miserable. <laughs> so I loved him, but he would, <laughs> he would, uh, he would, um, he would start the gig by saying something like, um, "Has everyone paid? <laughs> and uh, have you been before?" And if they said no, he'd go, "Good, good." <laughs> and basically, say these nights aren't great, <laughs> but. Um, but I went for for like about a year just watching, and he said to me one time, and I do, you know, I, I don't think I ever thanked him, which is terrible, but he said, do you want to have a go? And I sort of went, oh, yeah. And Because I, I, I don't think I'd ever, ever, ever have asked. I wouldn't have ever have had the courage to say, I'd like to have a go. I, you know, it's just not in me. And he said, look, I'll put you in for January or whatever. And I think it was September or something like that. Right. And that's how it began. And then I wasn't aware that... And then I met lots of people that told me about the Edinburgh Festival. And I remember I remember hearing someone talk about, like, the footlights. And I remember calling it the floodlights for ages. <laughs> like, but, but I was amazed I was meeting people that would been, had been to, like, you know, Cambridge and were and had found out that there there was this thing they did and there was this sort of... And then I sort of would read all about... And I was like, oh, God, there's this sort of path. And I remember thinking, how do these people know? How did it, how do they know that... Not that I could have gone to Cambridge, don't get me wrong, but they went, oh, I'll go to Cambridge and I'll study history, but I'll do this thing, mm. which is just like... I don't even... It's just like a society, isn't it, really? It's not even a, like a course or anything. They just... No, I think, uh, yeah. from what I know, it's just like an offset, isn't it? Yeah, so it gets a gang of them and they, they make Edinburgh shows and they all seem to go on and... <laughs> and be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I was like, oh, so that, that they all knew about that. So I met all these different types of people and then every everyone I met would tell me something else that you can do and, you know, and then I met, like Diane Morgan, who who was an actor. Yeah, how did trained. you how did you meet Diane on the on the on the um, tube on the tube <laughs> on the way here? With um, on the circuit, she was doing stand up, but she so we we started doing stuff together, and she sort of like taught me about like um, kind of committing to stuff, and so I was like, okay, and then I found out like because I guess my way of doing stuff was sort of. Uh, preservation. Mm. You know what I mean? Try and make a less a tit of yourself as possible. But then she taught me, like, if you go like 130%, you're sort of dying on your own terms and all these sorts of things. So I met lots and lots of people. I'm not saying people shouldn't go to to drama school or whatever, but I felt like I was getting all this sort of stuff from people, like, at, a million miles an hour, you know yeah. what I mean? Like people going, now this is what you actually need to know, you know, and you know, this will help rather than I don't know what I don't know what a job. Well, I'm called. sure you're just const- constantly <laughs> gaining that knowledge, yeah, probably, probably even. Oh, still oh, now. definitely, definitely. I, I, 
I'm, I don't know about yourself, but I feel like every time I do something, I go, oh, fucking hell, here we go, how do we do it? And, um, well, that's why, you know, we touched about talking about retiring mm. not so long ago. It's like, why would I retire when I'm co- every, I don't want to be like a cliche, but it's a brand new adventure. Yeah, 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 so yeah. no, absolutely. Gaining loads of knowledge and learning. No, 100%. Everything. So why would I bother, to, why would I sack it all in? No, not- I'm enjoying learning this thing, yeah. And I've been really lucky with, try, you know, like I, I I have got to do lots of different things, which I think is really, really amazing. You know, like this or acting or writing or whatever. And it's just been, like you say, like hopefully not too much of a challenge. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like it's just been like um, once you get in to this world and people, you start to meet lots of people, they, they sort of... I don't know, because you sort of come up together, they go, oh, I'm doing this thing, do you want to do a little thing in this? And and then suddenly you're sort of acting or mm. you're um, I'm doing a podcast or whatever, and it all just seems like one big happy accident to me, really. Yeah. It? Which is, <clears throat> you know, I'm very, again, very appreciative of. But I mean, it's one thing getting up on stage as a solo artist, mm. as a comedian, but then it's completely different kettle of fish working with somebody else. Mm. How did you feel that that was going to go with Diane when you started working together? Was it... Um, I, the, one, the main thing I think think about something like that is we we had a lot of... like It's so hard to do. The reason you can do it is because essentially no one's employing you. Mm. So you can invest so much time in it. And these things are always destined to die in in the nicest possible way because you're either <laughs> going to get no interest <laughs> and you're just going, well, this is mental. Why are we still doing this? Or you start getting work and you haven't got time to do it. Mm. So it's it's only when I look back and go, oh, yeah, like you, you just, <laughs> it's unsustainable because we would just be out every night trying stuff. And we had a weird philosophy of going because we always did edinburgh festivals we never we never did old material it's mad when i think about it now but we would go to gigs and just try three four new sketches or whatever and we didn't have any that's all we knew because we had to create like well an hour <coughs> bless you excuse me no not to, um we had to create an hour mm. which is actually sort of creating three hours isn't it really and then so you've only got a certain amount of months in the year so we would just every time we went out we'd just try three or four stuff you know bits and then some of it wouldn't work some of it would work and then it was just it was just uh, our job was just create you know just collecting material basically so we had this really good work ethic and stuff together and um yeah and then we did these end of the shows and then you know diane I assume what I was saying, but was sort of overlooked for for years, and and this was the time when it was such a weird time because people were like, yeah, we're, you know, we're looking for ladies now. <laughs> it's such a weird, time. Yeah. and we're like, well, you are, you are, but you're saying it's like peace, you know, you're sort of saying it, but you're not really. And I'm like, well, if you are, then Diane's like, <laughs> she's right there, yeah, and amazing, and they, and then so. She was, I'm sure she won't mind saying, but sort of overlooked for years. And then I guess my frustration is like everyone's now going, 
uh, she's amazing. I go, yeah, well, she's amazing. Yeah, we knew that years ago. <laughs> yeah. Years ago, but um, yeah. So, so we, yeah. I don't know. It was just we just both had we were younger and passionate about kind of trying to trying to, I guess, in a horrible way, show people that we were shit. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was up at Edinburgh this year. How were you? Um, just, I was, I was seeing some friends and I was just doing some recordings and and I was quite overwhelmed mm. by the amount of shows. I think it's small. It's, I think, well, yeah, no, no, the amount of shows is still enormous, yeah. I think the, the audiences were down this year, but... Yeah, yeah, I th- it's... I can't go back. <laughs> I've got PTSD from the thing. I was going to say because to, I know a few stand-ups who are friends, one of them absolutely loves it and thrives off the festival. Wow. And he, I know he really looks after himself and just yeah, goes there. Yeah, right, he really yeah. loves it. Yeah. And he's got he's got quite a nice profile, so he gets the audience. Yeah, yeah, quite. And I've got other friends who go, no, I'm, I, I will never go back. Yeah, that's, I feel that, I've done my time. Yeah, that's me. And then there's other people, when I was looking at posters and I was going... How are you getting an audience? Oh, it's because there's yeah. so many. Like Frank Skinner was going in for like two nights. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, people with huge, huge profiles who will get audiences no problem. But what about the people with no it's, profile who work it's a really trick, hard? It's a tricky one because I'm always like, I, I'm like you. I was like, do you need to do two nights? But then someone said, if you get the higher profile people, then it does attract people to the festival, you know what I mean? So they go and see Frank Skinner and five other shows or whatever. But when when we went, we never we never really got momentum in Edinburgh because, like, I, I really... I don't know how to say this without sounding bitter. <laughs> but, like, some people just... Like, the festival just seems to get behind them, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> but suddenly you go, who's that? That person, I don't know. They're selling out or whatever. You know, there's something, something happens, or the right person. I wasn't even tweeting then. Says something. I don't know. And we just, we just always struggled. And we, and everyone was sort of go, well, you're quite an Edinburgh act, and it just never really took off for us. But saying that, like stuff come off the back of it, we just never got an audience, right. And so you're sort of talking to the wrong person about how you get an audience because <laughs> I never did. But some people just like with going less time than us would be in the. But then people would be like doing their first show and going for it because we would have like 50 seater rooms sort of that sort of size. But people would be getting like they'd book a hundred seater room and sell it out and having never done it. I'm like, what do you know that I don't? Yeah. What's well, the secret formula? Yeah, because yeah. this isn't like you haven't even been up the festival long enough to have got word of mouth. 
You know what I mean? Not, it's not Jerry Sadowitz. No, no. <laughs> but it's weird. I never really nailed Edinburgh. I was always like uh, an unwieldy beast to me. And uh, yeah, so like every now and then I go, oh, maybe I should go back and have a look at, you know, just, just as a punter. Mm. Do you go back as a punter now? No, I can't. No, no I can't. can't. No, no, it's just like, uh, like even. Even Edinburgh's slightly ruined for me out, out of season, out of festival season. Yeah, yeah, because of the... My friend always says the worst sound in the world is your uh, <laughs> is your suitcase handle coming up in Waverley Station. <laughs> <laughs> With dread. <laughs> you dra- as you drag it towards the cab rank. I was like, I think he's probably nailed it. So, yeah, I um, Greg Davis said something to me once. He said, and he's he's not a boastful man. He's a very humble man. He said, he goes, he sort of did one Edinburgh basically, and he goes, he sold out every run, every night. He got re- only good reviews. He got nominated for the Perrier, and he hated every second. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a pretty good, pretty good way of summing up for some people's experience. Yeah, because yeah. even as a punter. I fit, and I was up there. For, I think I was up there forty-eight hours, and I tried to see as much as I could. But you've got to be healthy. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Isn't it? So to go on stage every night because I was talking to somebody the other the other day about theatre, and I don't really do a lot of theatre at all. <laughs> and some people who who aren't in this profession would go, "Oh, but you're only doing like oh. two hours a night." Yeah, good luck. Yeah, but yeah. it's. It's the yeah. build-up. You yeah. get up in the morning and you're constantly yeah. thinking about it. Your brain's yeah, whirling. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure it's probably the same when you've got like a 2.30 show at Edinburgh and everything's geared to all that. And then after it, you're just replaying yeah. all I, the shit that went wrong. I think that's the one thing I would ch- like advise someone if they were doing it mm. is because like, no, I'm not slagging anyone off who put shows on, but like I... I the first year I did it was like in this package show and it was on really late. I was, so I was really inexperienced. I was doing like a late night show which was not so it was in the room was too big, but it was on late. So I think it was on like maybe ten forty five. So you, you don't <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> you only really come down as in start to relax at midnight. Whereas if I did like a one o'clock in the afternoon show, mm. my the build up is five hours rather than twelve hours, if you know what I mean. Mm. And and that started me in a bad sort of pathway of Edinburgh, really. And then I think the next year I did like maybe nine o'clock. Whereas now, and then at the end, I think the last show was at four. I would never do like a, a later show now. I'd just do four, three, something like that. And also probably mentally now I'm I'm probably more like I did. I, I did an hour a few months ago. Then I couldn't do another one. But I was like, I was mentally much more fine about it. Anyway, but it's just giving yourself time where you're not kind of stressing about mm. the thing. And if that's like some part of my brain allows me to switch off after the show and not think about the the the, the tomorrow's show. Until the next morning, if you know what I mean. So, and I, and I did the show with one lad in the first year, the package show thing, and he wasn't really coping. And then it became this sort of really unhealthy sort of 
he wasn't really eating the day and then he was sort of drinking quite a lot afterwards and you know and I think a lot of people go down that route and then it just because I, I, I never really even when I used to drink I never drink in Edinburgh really I don't know how you could sustain no it's just you're, you're dying anything you eat bad food and stuff I think Nick Mohammed said this to me you eat really bad food and you drink and stuff and you lose weight that's, that's how stressful through worry yeah that's how stressful Edinburgh is but anyway I think if people are going I'm sorry if, that's, if you listen to this going oh I was thinking of going <laughs> but it is quite that's an attractive true. prospect to go as, as a punter I do like going back purely like I saw Daniel Kitson's new show this year oh yeah great and I hadn't seen him for ages and even just seeing that one show it was worth kind it, of right? made it yeah 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 no it's it's an amazing thing. I just think I wish I'd approached it differently. Mm. You know, I just, like, it's, you know, it got me to the next rung, if that's the way of putting it. You know, like, I've got, you know, people go, oh, you exist and all that kind of stuff. So, and I was listening to something the other day about rites of, like, um, rites of passage of kind of, like, people talking about, like, doing like stand up as all the little clubs and some people sort of miss out these these things and miss out Edinburgh and it happens a different way. And, and whoever I was listening to basically said, again, kind of what we were talking about earlier about like, do I deserve stuff? Yeah. The fact that some of probably people of my generation kind of get annoyed at people that haven't had to go through. <laughs> and this person, I think it was Stuart Goldsmith on his podcast said, good luck to them. Like if you haven't had to kind of traumatise yourself yeah. in the process, that's great. Why do you have to be traumatised and yeah. be go through hell to get something? You know, that's what I feel now. Where I'm like, if I could have done it a different way and had had... But surely it is a different... There, there are loads of different avenues now mm. because social media yeah, yeah. wasn't around, you know, going back all those years, so there wasn't that self-promotion. No. But then again... You know, it's one thing creating a, you know, a two-minute... Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. ..you know, viral sensation to an hour show. Well, yeah, I I, I totally agree, and I, I, like, I go... But I also go if... I don't know, there's someone like Josh Pugh, who's, mm. who's brilliant, but he's got, he's got a great brain, and his brain just... He's, like, it's different muscles of his brain. You know, he does these very funny, like character things and then he's got great stand up and does great hours and stuff so i think it's just not being like a one-trick pony yeah but the i started doing stand-up again maybe a year and a half ago what 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 pulled you back just i I guess the car i think basically i'd just done a project which was kind of like a long process and then it it got cancelled which is you know part of the part of the job and stuff but it's such an like when you've made a tv show it's such a big event it's such a big effort and then it gets cancelled and right you know rightly so things always get cancelled but then i was like god if i start if we start another one of those that's a big (laughs) it's a huge commitment yeah you're building it from the ground yeah because you're creating a world and you don't know anything so weird when you think, okay, you know, have the magic characters and story. Like, yeah. Really? <laughs> and um, that's that sounds like work. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. We just, I guess, we just come to the end of 
this thing and I, and I was like well let, I'll, I'll maybe do something immediate and I went to this I did this um, gig in uh, my friend Matt's gig in Oxfordshire what, like, was, as, as a, as a drop in like as a 20 minute so. yeah, yeah 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 and uh, so it was like a couple of um, other acts and me and we're chatting and they're both really lovely younger people and they were talking about like like stand up is is really hard and it's like takes real um effort and thought and stuff but they were chatting and they're both lovely as i say but they were talking about all these other things they had to think about as well like one of them was saying oh i don't their agent was saying you've got to have a online presence or have a thing that people can hook into all this sort of stuff and i was just like going oh no it's it's just actually too much to think about it's like like do one of them well it was what i was thinking in my head and it's none of my business but it was like they were sort of taking having to take on all this different stuff and i was like oh you got a gig in 20 minutes like that's that's hard enough yeah like but you're thinking oh I've got to have this, I don't know, I've got to create a character, which I don't believe anyway, because I think if everyone's doing that, do something else, basically. Yeah, and also, you know, we don't have to go back through stand-up history, even when, you know, social media is so uh, prevalent, but there's loads of amazing comedians that me, you, and people listening to this will know that don't touch social media, don't go anywhere near it. Of course, yeah, yeah, exactly, and... I don't, I'm not saying don't listen to your agent, but I think it's sort of pick and choose what you listen to. Yeah. But yeah, I was just thinking, how are you doing? How is your brain? Like, you've got too much to worry about. You're, you know, you're three years in or four years in or whatever. How are you meant to? I just felt like saying, if you want to get, if what do you want to do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you want to do online characters or whatever? Yeah. Because if you don't, why are you doing it? Like, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. But if you want to, great. If you if you want to make, you know, people make successful careers now out of doing characters or whatever online. But if it's your passion, great. But if it's not, don't, because you're just wasting a year or whatever, because yeah. you're going, it'll probably be shit because you're not thinking about it every day. And, of course, if you're, not, if you're trying to... You can't put 100% into one thing mm. when you're trying to split yourself into yeah, different sections and go, well, I'll, I'll try and do a bit well, of online lines. That's what it felt like was happening yeah. in this conversation. And obviously then I'm like, fucking hell, you're 48. What do you know? You know what I mean? So I didn't say anything, obviously, because it's none of my business anyway. Right. And as I say, they're really lovely, but I was just like, I was just imagining being them going, what? <laughs> Hold on, that's really... I can't... That's hard. That's hard as well. I can't do... <laughs> can't do all of this stuff. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I can do one of them very well at the moment at all anyway because I've only been going four years. Yeah. And, and also, like, there's this other thing where people are kind of getting, like, a big profile and then maybe kind of being, I don't know, thrown into, like, like then doing a tour and that must be really scary if you haven't done a lot of stand-up, you know, and stuff i don't know it's just i just do think especially nowadays with mental health stuff but i, I never thought of it as mental health i just well it wasn't it wasn't no. around then was it no no <laughs> just, just we just say fucking scary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like they must be going fuck i've got this opportunity 
I've got to then know maybe, maybe their agent and right, you know, right, so it's a, a job or whatever going. We can sell out a tour, but that could be that could be really detrimental to you if you do a tour when you're maybe not ready and you don't enjoy it and you may never do it again. Whereas if you did a bit later and you loved it and you're good at it, and then you could do ten of them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You could do it for the rest of your adult life. You know what I mean? It's like I could you can do that in your sixties. You know, tell me if you want it, if you love it. Don't know. It's just like I don't know what I think half the time because I am aware of my age as well. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I don't want to be that person going. We did it that way, so I'm not saying that's right. I just do go, God, it just seems a little bit overwhelming now yeah. to me. But that might be my age as well. Also, you've got to find in, in anything, in any sort of, any of the creative arts, what what, what works for you. Yeah. What, what one works, one way might work for them and it won't work for you. So well, that, regardless of age. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I probably the wrong person to quote nowadays. But um, Graham Linehan said, if everyone's talking about sitcom stuff, and I think it's the best, one of the best bits of advice I've heard. If everyone's doing sitcoms about, I don't know, single camera, um, melancholy sort of stuff, do big, silly studio ideas because they've got those. Yeah. And everything's circular. So it'll, they'll be, they'll think that's what they want for eternity, but they won't. And you, you'll be right in one of those and you'll be behind the curve. So if everyone's doing short um, characters online, it's going to take you a couple of years to think of something good. So don't do that. Yeah. By the time you've got a good one of those, it'll be gone and it'll be something else. So well, start thinking about something. Right, though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Do you remember when, of course, you remember when, like, The Office sort of completely mm. blew up? And then there was lots of people mm. doing that style yeah, all of course, the time. Yeah. And it was just direct copying. And yeah, it wasn't, yeah. they all said, oh, it's, it's naturalistic. It's not naturalistic at all. Mm. It's a certain style. It's yeah, the style yeah. of the office. Yeah, yeah. Loads of people were adopting that. Yeah. I, I um, What's the um, Oh, yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> someone told me this. Someone, I can't remember who, but do you remember the, oh, what's it called? It was about sort of late 20s people living in a flat share they all had like all lawyers or something in a big house it was like this life this life yeah so like channel so i don't know if it was bbc or itv or whoever had it they were saying bbc, BBC. BBC. Yeah. so itv and channel four or whoever the channels were were saying we want our version of that and everyone <laughs> was writing that stuff <laughs> And there was a sort of plethora of like bad versions of it that came out, and because the audience were like subconsciously going, "Well, I've got that. I don't want." Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you doing a? They didn't know they were thinking that because no one thinks about it as much as the channels or the writers, or whatever. But they were like going, "I've sort of seen that, so I'm not interested." And I've you seen know, a really good version. Yeah, exactly. But like. What a weird sort of going, we need our vote. You, you don't. Yeah. You really don't. You need to do, you need to be making the thing that everyone then tries to copy. I remember seeing um, a character breakdown and it was around the time of The Office for something. I can't fucking remember what it was. And it said like the character's name and age and all that. And then in brackets it went, think Tim from yeah, The yeah. Office. And yeah, it was just like all... Apparently there was five years of that. And there's a famous one of, um, oh, I can't remember... 
the name of the actor who played Dawn. She's brilliant. She was in something I saw the other day. She was amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you seen the thing she's in called, is it called Better Things? It's an American thing. I, I'm, f- I'm way behind on that, but I've started it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Pam, Pamela. Um, yes. Oh, fucking hell. She's brilliant in yes, it. Yes, she is amazing. I think she's like the best thing in it. She's so funny. Anyway, um, but apparently she got a, she got a, an audition that said, um, think Dawn from The Office. This is the myth. And she didn't get the part. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that and I think it's bad. Probably true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've nailed Dawn from the office. Fucking hell. <laughs> How long did it take you <clears throat> as a stand-up to create that persona? Because it, the, I've always thought there's something very vulnerable about getting on stage um, with a mic. So hmm. was the, did you feel there was a bit of safety in yeah, creating a character? Yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah, million percent. So someone asked me about it the other day. I did this book signing thing, and I was like, "Yeah, it's it's exactly that. It's um, it's protection, and it's um." Sorry, I'm asking boring questions. No, 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 God, <laughs> no. It's just funny. Like, like I I spoke about it with this guy because he he was uh, I think he's thinking about it about doing it, and and I was like, yeah, it was definitely, and I also. It started off a protection thing, but then it also became like a way that I could write because I I created this sort of lunatic who my friend summed it up. It was like I he said it's like doing observational comedy from the point of view that there is absolutely no relatability, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was quite a good way of summing it up. So it was a way of me kind of being able to kind of write anything from this one point of view basically i just like having a point of view that i can write about anything and it it's just i don't have to find it's it's got its own sort of truth if you know what I mean. yeah and um that's the, that's the side of it and I, I love writing the stuff more than as i say i'm not i don't think i'm naturally drawn to performing but i really love the fact that what I've, I guess, I've come up with allows me to write, not easy, it's fucking hard, but, like, I think sometimes having an angle, a character that has a definite angle, you know, like the completely sort of, you know, what do you call it, like the, what's what's the thing, the, not the false author, the um, unreliable author kind of, th- mm. that that's really what, what it is, really. So this, this, this person's telling you this thing, wholeheartedly believing that he sees the the world like everyone else but that just doesn't it's, it's, a, it's as simple as that but it was it was all an accident yeah yeah so no. i almost feel like he's been sort of dropped in from another time yeah and yeah. another place altogether that we've never been to yeah yeah exactly but yeah. there's a he's got his truth yes exactly yeah and they, they, that is because people say it's like uh like always write the truth and stuff, and I I agree, but you, the truth doesn't have to be. It's that person's truth, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm still doing it because I, you know, I inhabit it quite easily. You know, like this is the way I'm currently writing about. Kind of um, the, this this person owning a snake, and and walking about. With it. I saw I just saw a video of someone walking around. Um, 
uh, LA with a snake, you know, like, and, and I just thought, oh, the, 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 this person would see that as like unbelievably like, like not weird, basically. <laughs> it's almost inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sort of writing about that. So the truth of that is like, it's about how, how, how cool it is to sort of <laughs> walk around with a big snake, basically. Because <laughs> it just makes me laugh. You go, if that person, like, we all know that that's an odd thing to do. So it's really easy to write. Well, if he doesn't think that's an odd thing to do, you've got you've got the start. Of the hopefully something funny. And there's mileage there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's currently. What I, I suppose think. if you if you like the writing process, then mm. not saying that it's it's plain sailing from there, but the fact that you really enjoy oh, it. I, so I was <clears throat> talking to Reese Cheersmith. Oh yeah, about writing. He doesn't like writing oh, wow. inside number nine at all. He finds it a real chore. Wow. He doesn't get pleasure from it. Whereas Steve Pemberton absolutely loves that Does part he? of the process. Oh, that must be so hard, man. If you do... For me, if I've just got to write, it's like a day off. It's like not... It's not a... Th- like, Pe- like Petra, my powerful, like, she said, look, you've... You know, you've, if I've worked over the weekend or whatever, she'll go, let's just don't do anything on Monday. And I'll go, no, no, I'll just do some writing. <laughs> and she's like, good, good. <laughs> yeah, because she knows it's sort of like it doesn't... If, if, I'm, if I'm writing with no pressure, you know what I mean? I haven't got to finish something by the end of the day or end of the week or whatever. Yeah, for me, it's just like, oh, it's just fun. And, and I, was, I, I can't remember who I was listening to say that they can't write and stuff. They like performing and stuff. I was like, fuck, I can't get my head around that. Because I'm like, there has to, it has to then exist somewhere, which is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, just coming up with nice ideas. I do have a fancy of writing for someone, <laughs> like giving over the material to someone and letting them kind of bring it to Interpret life. Interpret it. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's what I've learned with, like, um, working with actors and stuff. When it When you meet really good actors and they do that thing where you go fuck I wouldn't have done it like that it's amazing so weird where you go oh it's gone 20% better 30% better than we could have imagined I find that really amazing and I think yeah if we could just give it someone and then they just made it even better you'd be like oh that would be the dream yeah I've I've been in situations where I've been in a scene with somebody it's completely taken me out of the scene because I'm just watching what they're doing. Going, yeah. Oh my god, I would never have done that. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's cool, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's uh, it's the same with like directors and stuff. You can see why people use like you know teams. A lot of people are the same same people when you mm. trust them and stuff. Like like if working with a good director, really good director, and then you sort of see the end thing, you go, Oh fucking hell, yeah, I wouldn't have done it like that. That's clever. I just like that idea of, I don't think I'd ever direct because I like handing over now. I like, it's a thing that's come with age, I guess, as well. Collaborate. Like, you know, when people, I think it's really unhealthy when people don't want to collaborate because no one's good enough to do it all. No one. So I think it should always be about collaboration. I'm very... I don't like working with directors who, who don't want to collaborate mm. or writers. I think no. everybody's everybody's part yeah, of yeah. a little cog in a massive machine. And, and you know, yeah. But if you just work or work, yeah, if you trust everyone, yeah, then 
Like, why wouldn't you? I just find, and I do think, like, there is a point when I was younger where you sort of, you don't want to admit it, but you go, I think I'm acid, you know, and then you, I can do that, you know, and you go, you can't, you can't. Like, there's really good people, you just got to find them. Oh, it's like when I was younger, and if there was, um, if there was a, even a little stunt, I'd be like, I'll do the stunt, I'll, I'll do the stunt. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm kidding me. No, there's a highly trained stunt professional who will do that. And when you watch it on the telly, it will definitely look like me. It's not a problem. And I'm not going to. I don't think I'd ever thought. Not that I've done a stunt. (laughs) I don't think I would have ever thought. Throw me down those stairs. The arrogance of you. (laughs) Fair play, fair play. That's why you're in bits now. Yeah, exactly. Throwing down the stairs too many times. (laughs) When you took that character to panel shows. Yeah. Were you given enough, because you had that freedom on stage. Yeah. Was the freedom there? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because when when you look back at those, it does look like it. Yeah, like I I got, I always credit like um, Zepatron who who I did um, Countdown with. Mm. Because... I don't know, like, that platform was... So, I was so lucky that they just basically said, come on the show and have, like, like a 10-minute slot every week. And uh, they just were basically to do whatever you want. Wow. Really. And to the point where they would facilitate it above and beyond. They were like... The, uh, they're like the dream production company. And I think what they do well... And I've worked with other people who don't do it and I forget because I'm like oh fuck right no they they're very trusting of people doing again what we're talking about doing their bit yeah and they're like oh we know how to do our bit but we don't know how to do your bit so you're in charge of your bit and we're in charge of our bit and there's lots of crossovers but when it comes to like decisions create decisions on your bit you're in charge and creative decisions on our bit, we're in charge. And so they just had this sort of amazing sort of... I was talking about this thing where I I had this thing where I uh, was a magician and I was going to um, come out of a bag, like to do like a Houdini underwater in a bag, yeah. I think. And I had this idea and I sent it to them and they were like, oh, yeah, we love it, you know. And, and um, I found out that, like couple of years later that they had to re because what water in studios in is just like a massive no-no yeah so they had to rewire the whole studio so there was no wire within i don't know 40 feet of the water wow and they they were there like days before didn't tell me any of this just rewired the whole thing so i could do this one joke basically and that tells you what what they're like to work with. Yeah. They were just God, like... That speaks volumes. They did, they, wow. I don't think there's uh, anything that they didn't make work in some way. Because there's so, obviously some stuff they're like, you know, that's going to be £50,000. Yeah. And, and also what, would, what was interesting is when they said something couldn't quite... They couldn't quite do, I completely trusted them that they weren't just taking a shortcut so I would then rewrite it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I knew that they would have sat in a room, been on the phone to everyone in the country that 
they could speak to to try and make this happen. And if they come back to me and say, we just can't make this happen, it's just not possible, then, again, going back to trust, you just go, well, we'll rewrite it then. Because they made so much stuff work for me. And I don't think I realised at the time how, that at the time, you know, like how lucky I was in that situation, just having this sort of showcase thing that I could, just do all these stupid ideas on and I was like who gets that sort of yeah <laughs> chance to do it and they yeah especially working with someone so so diligent and and um open to to all these stupid ideas it's like just yeah it's a one-off really did you enjoy the studio format as opposed to the the stand-up like with the audience uh, um, there well, there's, the, there's an element in the yeah. The, it's, it's, because... it's still alive. It's still alive. Yeah. Moment. But like, I've also learned over the year. Like, I was very, and again, I appreciate. You know, looking back, I was like, oh, fucking hell, they must have been like, geez, because I wanted to do it all, like live with no kind of reset. You know, or like, like sometimes you could do like do half of the setup and then reposition for the. So, but I wanted it all. For, for to work in the room mm. because that was all I knew. But yeah. now, but now as a bit older, I I can I, I'm aware of kind of going. We're just pausing the thing and then. But they would work around the fact that I had that anxiety of like losing momentum and stuff. But now, but now you've got so much experience. Yeah, exactly. You know how the mechanics of it all. Work. Yeah, exactly, and it all edit down. But I just knew sort of live, so. I was like, well, if, the, if if we pause there and, yeah. and reset, we'll lose momentum and blah, blah. So they were, again, working with someone quite inexperienced who that was my anxiety, so they made it work that we didn't have to have that pause. But now, obviously, being older and, and stuff, I like, oh, we'll reposition for that. And I'll go, yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. So it's just stuff like that, just going, rather than go, well, this is how telly's made, mm. They would go, well, he doesn't feel comfortable doing it like that. So we'll work out how to do it like you wouldn't do it, you know. I mean, that really does speak volumes because so Amazing, many other people it? wouldn't do no, that. No, They'd no, no. Actually, you're coming into our world now. Yeah. This is how it works. So yeah, you, yeah. Need, you need to be the adaptable uh, one. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I guess then I wouldn't have coped with that maybe and it wouldn't have been as good and I wouldn't have, you know, done... 50, 60 of them, whatever we've done. And, uh, well, they've done a lot more because I, the, the one thing was uh, like the turnover of ideas was hard. It got harder. Um, but um, going back to your point, yeah, they they got, I guess, a lot more out of me as well, you know, because I was comfortable and got more confident and so on. And But, you know, that, again, that's their experience. That's They're not a production company that saw the sh- Sort the short win, you know what yeah. I mean? They were like looking at it as a kind of ongoing thing. So, you know, I, I try and give them as much credit as possible now because yeah. I didn't, because now I'm aware <laughs> <laughs> of what they, uh, what they did. And, and I am, even though it was stressful and stuff and like hard work and probably looking back, I was like, God, could I do it again? Probably not. I'm, I'm now very, very, very appreciative of, of this opportunity that sort of changed everything for me, really. Because you know, I got to just do a, do a ten minute thing every week. Fucking mad! But as you said before, you know, who gets that showcase? Just Very so rare, rarely right? happens. Really, really weird. Like, 
No, I can't think of, and, and I'm, I don't mean it as in, like, it, it's a lot of luck and stuff, but I'm just thinking there's not many, you know, the one other thing, i tell you what it reminds me of a bit of, is Tom Allen, um, Bake Off do this spin-off show, and mm. Tom Allen, maybe it was started about four or five years ago, he is such a good improviser, like, with people, mm. you know, like, and they had this thing on the show where he would just talk to the audience and ask them about their bakes. And it doesn't sound much, but he was so good at it, it just became this thing, that this sort of monster bit of the show. And he's been doing it five years. And, and it's a similar thing where it was just just the right, a bit of luck, really showcased what he could do. And I think everything changed for him because they were like, God, this guy's so funny in the moment. And... Like, I think it just went, woof. Yeah. Because you just, a little bit of luck, you know. It that, just takes one person to see mm. and go, that's a thing and we can expand on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I think he kind of co-hosts it with Joe Brown. But, yeah, it's just mad how you get, you do need a little bit of luck. Well, you need a massive amount of luck. I like, it always sounds like you're sort of being false modest or whatever, but you you do, you need a yeah. massive amount. You need to take that bit of luck as well, but... F me, you need a you need a load of luck. Yeah, totally. You really do. You mentioned before about how much you love the writing process. Yeah, but that's that's your stand up, or that's the segments mm. on there. Mm. What was it like heading into writing a book? Was it a different experience? Um, okay, yeah, it was. And, and tell that, me if you're sick of talking about it. No, no, you've no, been doing no, a lot of. No, no, not at all. No, not at all. This has been great fun. Um, no, like I. I loved it because I got to work with Henry and it was like another, because it, it's a comic book, basically, yeah. and I don't know that world. And, and uh, again, it was learning how to do that, and so it was like heaven for me. And then working with Henry, it was just like, oh, God, I've not done this before. And again, I felt like, oh, God, is this mental I'm doing this? Because, <laughs> like, you know, people do their whole, you know, they, they work their whole lives to, you know, get to do a comic book and then I'm learning on the fly and I was like oh right like I sort of I wrote loads of stuff and then went back to it all because by the end of sort of writing loads of stuff I was like oh no that's how you do it right and so it's like it's it's sort of like in a nutshell I think what the way I think of it is the less I write in the the less I can write in the story that needs to be written, the better it is, if that makes sense. Because if the visual's doing most of the work, yeah. then that's a better way to represent the story. So I learned that very quickly. I was like, if if it can be drawn, if you can see it rather than read it, then that that's a better way of telling the story, which I, I learned through lots of mistakes and stuff and and again i just love it because i was like oh i think that's how you do it all right let's just and then for me i just like having like trying to think of stupid ideas that work in that format and i honestly if they said do another one i would jump at it oh would you i love it because it's talking to my missus about like that thrill of not quite knowing how to do something because not that I've mastered anything, but you know when you've done something a few times, yeah, you're like you don't. The the not knowing how hard something is allows you to do it 
Whereas if you've written, I don't know, a sitcom or something, you go, fucking hell, that's all. <laughs> but when you don't know, yeah. and I don't think I've quite got to the point with the book, the, the comic books where you go, fucking hell, I've got to do another one. <laughs> where I was like, because I just feel like I've worked out, like I started to work out how to do it. So I'm excited to see what more I could come up with. Uh, so yeah, I'd do it a drop of a hat. It's so so much fun. And Henry's Henry Packer's got such an amazing brain. Yeah. Again, talking about collaboration, I realised very quickly the less I suggested how it could be visually, the stronger it was. Because I'd sort of say, "Oh, what about if he, you know?" And and you can see this behind him a little bit if ever when I. When I realised that his brain works visually in such an amazing way, I was like, shut up. <laughs> Just let the person who's who's been gifted with that type of brain do that. And and again, I was just like, it's one of those things I felt most comfortable wanging on about because I feel Henry's such a huge part of it. Like, the, the, the strength of it comes from him, I think. Yeah. So I'm, I find it much easier saying uh, uh, that I'm proud of it because I'm, I feel involved and it's sort of showcasing what Henry can really do because it just I had a lovely sort of year of just receiving his his artwork and just going okay now <laughs> Jesus what <word. laughs> it's really good I'm not gonna I'm, I'm gonna add nothing to this why am I here <laughs> you don't need me do you <laughs> so. Joe, um, it's episodes like this that make me a bit sad that oh. I'm ending the podcast because this has been absolutely lovely. Well, thank you for having me. really loved it. It's, I love chatting and I thank you for inviting me to your beautiful home. Thank you for coming. Pleasure. <laughs> and another episode is done. As you can hear, I'm not on the beach anymore. Uh, I'm sat in my living room just looking at the Christmas tree. Quite nice. Uh, I didn't decorate it. Um, um, that's not my skill set. And this is the first time in six years that this has ever happened. Producer Griff messaged me and he went, uh, I've got no uh, outro for for Joe Wilkinson. I'd forgotten to record it. I think I'd blathered so much on the beach um, and it was dark and... I just simply forgot to record the address, so I'm recording it now from my uh, slightly echoey uh, living room. It's, it's not it's not as nice as it. Maybe I'll go down to the beach for the for the very the very last ever intro and outro, which is coming soon. Um, but I'm really pleased uh, that Joe came on. It was fantastic. I'm right. Okay. I'm right of what I said at the end of that could have been one of, uh, of the top fives over the years. And that's a lot to say, considering the amount of people we have had, my God. Um, if, uh, we were still recording the podcast, I would say that me and Joe will be speaking to you on Christmas day when we jump in the sea. um, but I think by then, guys, I think we're going to be done. So there are two more episodes coming, as you heard. 
Uh, it's been impossible to fill that gap because of the time of year. And I understand, and inevitably, it's always about time and with people. But fear not, a cracking penultimate coming up for you very, very soon. And then it's the special, the final ever Two Shot podcast. After six years, I really hope you like it. Until then, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm not going to say that anymore for a few. Oh, okay. I'm going to go. All right. Thank you. Bye. The Two Shot Podcast was presented by me, Craig Parkinson. Recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. The remix of our theme tune is by Stolen Valor. Cheers.